Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about safety with the help of special guest Mark Pascal of the Contractor Coaching Partnership in Sterling, Mass. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey everyone out there in podcast land, this is Tim Fowler and welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. Keep the ideas coming. Let me know what I can help you with. And by all means, if you are interested in me visiting your company and doing some coaching and consulting, uh, get in touch with me. I'd love to be able to do that as well. So back in 2014, uh, I had an accident. I fell. I broke my wrist. I tore my rotator cuff. And it was quite an interesting experience for me. Uh, I wrote a little article about it in my newsletter, and which has now been put into uh, my new book. And I've talked about it with a lot of different people, but it really, it put me out of commission. It was one of those things which was, it wasn't really life-changing for me, but it definitely was a huge impact that, that made it very difficult for me to work. Now, what I didn't realize was that I probably also suffered a concussion whereas the physical injuries were pretty rough, uh, pretty obvious. But the idea of the concussion didn't really show up till later on with some of the other uh, things that popped up. I think it was my fourth head injury. I'm starting to feel a little bit like a football player that's got banged around. And I know, I know, it explains a lot. Everybody out there is laughing and, and, you know, thinking. But it's pretty serious stuff when it happens uh, to use. So fortunately for me, I can talk for a living and, uh, and that helped, but he, but during the recession, it was pretty tough for me to pay the bills because people weren't paying for me to talk. So I got to thinking about at that time about all the employees of companies that don't have alternate backup income. In other words, somebody who's a full fledged carpenter, if they went through what I went through, they would be out of work. Now, there are some mechanisms to help with that. But like I mentioned, just just the money is only a small part of it. It's that mental strain that gets on you when uh, that happens. So safety is a big deal. Now, uh, early on in the episodes, uh, we spoke with Dale Nicola from Cape Cod about an accident that happened on one of their projects and we definitely want to continue the conversation now uh, just talking about safety. So interestingly enough, I received a tweet the other day with a whole list of sightings from OSHA. A lot of them had to do with the roofers from all over the country. But what I want to emphasize is that just because you've never been visited by OSHA or sighted by OSHA doesn't necessarily mean you're practicing safe building. And also, just because nobody's gotten hurt, I really hadn't never gotten hurt until that accident, doesn't mean you're being safe as well. So we want to continue the conversation about safety here with our guest in just a minute. I wanted to take a minute to let you know about an event we have coming up in March. 
the Extreme Business Makeover. It is two days of interactive presentation and hands-on work that helps you prepare your remodeling business for 2020 and beyond. You will walk away with action items, spreadsheets, books, tools, everything you need to go back to your office and get started. The best part is the interaction and networking with remodelers and custom builders facing challenges just like you. We've also just added Bruce Case as a featured speaker, and he's the president of Case Remodeling in Washington, D.C. area, and they've been hugely successful. You'll get to pick his brain and ask him anything that can help you run a strong, successful remodeling company. It's being held March 30th and 31st at the BWI Weston in Baltimore, Maryland. It's a five-minute Uber ride to the hotel from the airport, so it's easy in, easy out. For more information and to get registered, you can go to www.extrememakeoverevent.com, and we look forward to seeing you there. Okay, let's get back to the show and get started. Mark Pascal is the founder of the Contractor Coaching Partnership, Inc. in central Massachusetts. He founded the company in 2007 to coach and mentor residential contractors on business systems, sales, and safety. He became an authorized OSHA outreach trainer in 2012. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Good to see you. Hey, this is great. So I, like I said in the intro, we're, we're kind of circling back to the safety discussion. So give us a little bit of an idea of what you do with regard to safety training. I've, I've seen you at some shows and things like that, but what's the extent of the work that you do with safety training? So, so one of my specialties, uh, you know, earlier in the 90s, uh, I ran a residential roofing company. and We were union um, with a, a fellow Remodelist Advantage, uh, you know, client, uh, Neil Harvey. Oh, yeah. And, um, but what I do with residential remodelers and home builders is uh, I try to uh, interest them in, uh, you know, providing some training for their personnel uh, on safety. And, and a lot of times I'll start with fall protection. Right. Um, it's the number one, you know, biggest killer uh, in, in the industry. And, and then from time to time, I'll get involved with people doing uh, site visits, as well as uh, OSHA 10 or OSHA 30 training uh, for their personnel and sometimes their subcontractors. So, okay. So one of my questions is, what's the difference between OSHA 10 and OSHA 30 uh, other than the fact that they're 20 digits apart. <laughs> sure. So, so um, it, you know, just briefly in the commercial world, uh, most of the time, uh, foremen and superintendents of jobs, they're required to have OSHA 30 training, where OSHA 10 training, which is 10 hours, is for uh, laborers or, or uh, novices. Um, and, and, and the difference is a 10-hour OSHA training is really just an overview of OSHA. Okay. It's it's really just uh, you know wetting your feet, if you will, uh, or dipping your toe in the water. Um, it, it, it's a basic training, usually for laborers, and unfortunately, in residential, uh, many many companies will train their foremen and superintendents and lead carpenters on OSHA 10, and then they discover that they really need OSHA 30. OSHA 30 is very involved. It's four days. It's eight hours a day, well, seven and a half hours, and it involves a, a more deep uh, dive into all the standards and okay. also the importance of having a safety program and doing toolbox talks. It gives us much more time to handle, uh, you know, standards such as fall protection, ladders, scaffolding, excavation, electrical, fire, uh, you know, 
um, hazardous communication, personal protective equipment, and so on. And also, um, we, we have the opportunity to entice people to think about having uh, like safety committees. And, and we talk a lot about the culture, the safety culture starting with management, uh, not starting with uh, lower level employees. Okay, cool. So it's been my understanding, and, and I could be off of this because I haven't really run a company for a long time other than just me, you know, being out in the field. But is there a difference between what needs to be focused on in a residential setting versus the commercial setting? So, so to answer that, uh, a little background in the nineties, fall protection, uh, you know, had some leeway uh, in residential, uh, whereas it didn't in commercial, but in 2007 and eight uh, OSHA, by studying uh, accidents and statistics uh, based on reporting of injuries and deaths, they began to uh, focus on the residential sector. Uh, in, 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 in between 92 and 2007, I don't think uh, you know we had any uh, visits from OSHA personnel on our job sites. Right. Um, uh, but, but when uh, 2007 and eight came along, um, OSHA started looking at the residential sector because it's so unsafe. And a lot yeah. of it has to do with the lack of training uh, of personnel um, on the OSHA standards and safety protocol. So, um, so really, residential job sites are really no different than commercial sites, uh, uh, although a skyscraper, I would argue, is more dangerous. Right. But the, uh, every site should have men and, and women wearing hard hats, safety glasses, long pants, work boots, and, and use fall protection equipment. Um, so it, it's pretty much under the same, uh, you know, requirements as commercial. Yeah. So, so let's just kind of zero in on a few things here. What do you believe, uh, and we can go through them slowly if you, if you will, what do you believe are the things that remodelers particularly, uh, I think there are some builders that listen to this program, so you can throw them in as well. What should we be really focused on to make sure that we have safe work sites? So um, if, if, you, if you look at OSHA and what they're focusing on, that, that's a good starting point. Uh, you, can, you can look at like the, the 10 most cited uh, OSHA violations in America every year. Um, the, the three biggies are subpart M, duty to have fall protection while working six feet or more above a lower level. Uh, scaffolding, uh, which is standard subpart L, and ladders and stairs, which is subpart X. So one thing I suggest uh, residential remodelers and builders think about is any work that's going on on their site where men and women will be exposed to fall hazards, I would suggest that those would be uh, items that they would focus on, uh, you know, in, in the beginning. Additionally... Okay. OSHA training, we, we, we train the focus four. The four major contributors to death are falls, yep. um, struck by things, <laughs> being caught in between things, or electrocution. So if I'm a novice to OSHA, you know, I know it's been out there, but I've never really you know, stepped up the plate to, to put a program in place for my company, I might suggest that we start with um, the focus four, uh, being struck by things caught in between electrocution and falls and study those standards 
and see uh, uh, how we're doing to protect our, our, our self-performing employees. And additionally, don't hire any subcontractor who presents uh, danger or hazards when they're working up on heights because, uh, you know, their accident can actually lead to a site being uh, frequented by OSHA and sometimes they'll even, even find the remodeler uh, and the builder for hiring an unsafe sub. So give us a little, little run. Electrocution's easy. I think a lot of people have the, they know that uh, cords have to be grounded, that uh, uh, there may be some other aspects of that. But um, I don't know anybody that really kind of goes to a, a job site and goes like, oh, look, I could be struck by something. <laughs> so what are, maybe, maybe an example of what that might be uh, that might help people understand, oh, yeah, we got we to gotta think about that as well. Okay, so building a home. Uh, you know, oftentimes, uh, you know, materials are delivered and they're, they're lifted, lifted by, by using a lull. And, and so they, uh, you know, they bring it up and they, they pop it in a window. And, well, underneath, there could be people who, you know, inadvertently just walk under right. uh, something delivered. Um, people drop things like, like between floors. Uh, there they could be an opening between a first and second floor or a basement and a first floor. And there could be uh, material stored near the opening, and it's not covered, uh, or with the right. with the cover, uh, and something could fall down the hole and hit someone in the head. People are always. <laughs> How about yeah. strip roofs? You know, yeah. they strip the roof, and then there's guys underneath picking up the shingles and in, in, in the, the the wood uh, as it's being dropped. So so being struck by things is a very yeah. common item and occurrence on job sites so a hard hat a lot of times will protect somebody from a lot of things that might fall upon them so so i had heard uh that in the residential world the hard hat is only required when there's a possibility of something falling on you like for example if i'm doing a baseboard trim in a room by myself would good safety practice say I should wear a hard hat regardless? Uh, the, well, the, the, if, if you really want to, you know, split atoms, um, the answer is no. Anytime I do not have a falling object hazard, um, you know, or bump hazards um, in my, my, my task that I'm doing, I don't okay. need to wear the hard hat. Here's the problem, Tim. Yeah. And, and the commercial world has already dealt with this. So, right. so basically – you, you, you're in an area where there's no falling object hazard, and then you leave that area and you go into another area where there is. Right, and, right. See, and you forget to wear your hat. <laughs> so in the commercial world, it's very simple. You want to play with the, with, with the big boys. You want to go onto a commercial site. You have a hard hat. You have safety glasses. You have work boots. You have long pants, right? High right. And you might even have to have hearing protection. Right. That's the way it's been since the 80s. Yeah, because we've been allowed to skate and, and be under the radar until 2007 and 8 when, the, when, the, when OSHA decided it was time to pay attention to the residential industry because of the, the, the numerous amounts of, of injuries and deaths that were beginning to occur right. across the street. Yeah, yeah. So are there any like, misconceptions that 
you here, you go to JLC Live. I know you're, you're involved with NARI. You're involved with a lot of contractors. Um, what are some of the things you hear contractors say and or their teams that are just either totally untrue or just it leads them down a path that isn't safe? In other words, because they have this mindset, they're not going to be able to really ever have that safe uh, practice going on in their company. Sure. I, I can give you three. I just did an OSHA 10 trainer for training for a $70 million, uh, you know, building company uh, in, in Framingham Mass the other day. So um, here were some of the misconceptions. Mis, uh, well, they're only going to stop by if uh, they'll only uh, find us if, if they are, if I'm on a busy street or a lot of times you'll hear, well, they only go to commercial jobs. Right. Okay. Or you'll hear they only go to union jobs. Right. A lot of times I hear, uh, I, in fact, from a 20-year veteran the other day, he said uh, uh, OSHA uh, is, is self-funding, so the inspectors come out, and, and the more they find you, the more money that they get. Well, OSHA is not self-funding. Uh, OSHA has under the Department of Labor, and, and, and has money budgeted every year. And so the person that cites you on site, that, that, that comes on site, is not the person who cites you. It's the area director who would cite you. Oh. So, um, but I, I got to is that a lot of people don't believe that OSHA um, will uh, go to the residential sector, that it only, it only involves commercial uh, contracting work. So what's the benefit to a contractor to have a safety culture? You use the term safety culture. Like when you first started talking, I asked you about your, your role. What, what benefit is there? I mean, outside of the fact that, that OSHA might show up, but I, I'm going to tell you right now, there's a lot of people listening to this that have never even see, seen an OSHA person. Mm-hmm. And and they wouldn't even – I know if it's a white Jeep and a white hard hat, it's probably OSHA. But but, uh, but a lot of people have never seen them, or and, and they're thinking, like, why should I focus that much on this? What What's the benefit to the contractor to have this safety culture going on? All right, so OSHA's side um, – you know, we all uh, earn money from the men and women who work on our job sites. Right. Doesn't it make sense that maybe we would protect them, uh, provide them with a safe and healthy workplace so that at the end of the day, they get to go home to their family safe? And, and you know, a safety culture, it starts, it starts with the owner. If the owner is not on board it's very rare that a company will develop a good safety culture. And I see so many owners send their employees to OSHA training, but they don't go, oh, it doesn't apply to them. It has to start from the top. Right. I just think that for the greater good, that, that it's imperative that owners think about their, their people as, as not, not, not you know, money chips. Think about them as human beings and part of your family and the team that's going to deliver a great service for your, you know, to your client. And, and, and so I, I really believe that a good safety culture starts at the top and, and it, it, it's something that the owner commits to not only, uh, you know, in practice, but, but also in funding it, we, we have to, we have to train people. So we have to put money into the budget to train our people appropriately. We well, that owe was, that to them. If, if your son or daughter went to work for a competitor contractor but didn't want to work for you, Dad, um, 
want them to be protected? Of course yeah. you would. It's a great the question. A lot of people don't think about. They think about OSHA as an expense. Mm. It's not an expense. It's an investment in your people. I learned, uh, you know, uh, through Neil Harvey uh, so well that the investment in our people in good equipment actually led to better productivity yields, better uh, morale amongst the crew. And, and we even attracted better people in the community. We had like five roofing crews running. And, and the investment in safety and in our people and training them how to be safe actually led to better jobs, better customer service, better referrals. And just think of it this way. You got a real key employee and he's not trained on safety and he's a Yahoo or a Tarzan and he gets hurt. <laughs> Does that hurt your uh, ability to do that work in progress? Sure, sure. So what do, do you have any kind of a guideline for budgeting for safety? Is there any kind of, uh, again, because I've looked at a lot of P&Ls and a lot of uh, budgets for companies and very few of them have a line item for safety. And and I'm just wondering, it, do you have any kind of an idea what might be a good budget for safety? I I, I have a personal opinion, um, but well, that, I'm sure that, many- That would work. That would wanna, work. Wanna know. Um, but I, I would think that um, a company should spend at least a couple of hours for their crew a month at a, a company-wide meeting to uh, talk about safety, um, you know, just some topics. But um, I, I think that, um, you know, you should probably uh, put in two or three days a year, um, you know, for, for people on, in your team okay. for safety training. And I would, I would delve that out. Uh, throughout uh, the months, uh, maybe either once a week or once every other week, I uh, have a basic uh, safety meeting with my crew. Yeah. So to talk about the safety meeting, because that's something that I'm a little confused about, because is it is it different state to state? Because when I travel around, I'll have somebody say, we do our safety meeting once a month in the office and I go like, is that enough? And they go, yeah, all, our state only requires once a month. And then somebody else will say, we do it every week because our, you know, and so is there a different state to state or is there a guideline for how often safety meetings ought to happen? And, and what is the basic essence of a safety meeting? So first and foremost, I don't know of any OSHA requirement that I have to have a, a safety meeting every week or every month. Okay. And if there is one, I, I just haven't seen it. Okay. However, uh, safety meetings, really, the, the, uh, the frequency of them, um, I, you know, I, I, I look at it like sales training. You know, I do a lot of sales training. And, and so um, I, I, I learned a long time ago that I need to have consistent reinforcement of sales training, at least on a weekly basis, sometimes on a daily basis. So, it all depends on the amount of hazards that we are up against on a job site and how well the guys are doing at, at working safely with those hazards. So there might be some job sites where you might need to have a, a, a safety meeting once a day. You know, like, like I call it a huddle. Uh, and, and then you might have uh, guys that are really safe and they're, and they're working consistently safe. And maybe, you know, once or twice a month will be enough. Wow. But every job is different. So I believe in remodeling every job at the outset of the job, we should have a basic, uh, 
you know, walkthrough of the job and the various uh, hazards that are going to present themselves through the critical path schedule. And this should be budgeted right into the, uh, the, the budget, uh, you know, so that the lead carpenter, uh, when, he's, when he's bringing people through, including subs, you know, people are, are you know, um, are going to be able to be brought up to date on the move and hazards. And now how long does a safety meeting take? You know, safety meetings are best if they're short, sweet, and to the point. Right. You know, 10, 15 minutes. That's all. You know, you know these guys don't want to be, uh, you know, talked to about safety for, you know, an hour or two on a job. So I think, <laughs> you know, quick hitters, like, like a ladder, Tim. Take the ladder. On the side of the ladder, you got a label. There's a toolbox talk right there. Right. And a lot of a lot of people realize, don't realize this, but you can go to the OSHA website, OSHA.gov, and you can do a search in the search tool, and you can you can download dozens, if not hundreds, of of toolbox talks right off the OSHA website for free, for free. That's and fair. and they're quick hitters. So the other thing I recommend that companies consider doing is having a huddle once a day, um, in, in, on every job. So once a day. Get your crew together. Hey, this is what we're doing today. Take five, ten minutes, right. and here's the key to a safety program. Take a notebook or have a, a, a uh, you know a, a sheet of yellow paper. Write down topic, job site, date, people present. Have them sign it, and and then now you've got record keeping of a of a of a safety meeting that happened on that site. And if you're concerned about people losing it. Take a picture of it, send it back to admin, <laughs> and now save it in Dropbox, and that's a safety program. Cool. That's great, Mark. That was going to be my next question on just how you enforce or reprimand within your company. Um, you know, it's not just the owner or the company itself that would be reprimanded by OSHA, but if you're running your own program, you know, I used to get pushback from certain employees if I made them wear certain safety equipment. Um, does OSHA deal with um, reprimanding or, or enforcement standards within your company and, you know, any, any notes on, uh, just giving that message of, uh, how important safety is because we know, you know, our employees are our most important thing in our company, but for themselves, you know, uh, promoting that safety culture. Yeah. Um, and, and going back to the training difference, um, you know, training is actually required in every OSHA standard. There's usually a, a section that says the employer needs to train their employees on the hazards specific to the to the to the standard, and they have to document that training. And 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 that's a that's a you know a thing that a lot of residential models and builders just don't do. Um, but but it's so important to do it in in a consistent way. Um, I, I had an invitation to speak to a hundred person electro electrical company a few years ago. And as I was getting ready to speak for an hour, someone came up to me and said, Oh, so, so it's you this year, huh? So every year they bring in a guy to speak about safety once a year and that's it. <laughs> and, 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 and so, it, you know, it, it, that's just not a good way to do it. Um, but these toolbox talks, um, uh, these little uh, quick hit subjects and little huddles, uh, I just think are a great way for companies to get in the habit of working safe. In fact, I think it's better a lot of times than, than actually hiring someone and spending tens of thousands of dollars to do a safety manual. Um, it, it, it's just it's just far more effective. Yeah. So basically, 
somebody on the site has to be willing to say, no, you have to do this. It, it's really when, it, when, when people, we get pushback from people that say, oh, that's just nonsense or whatever. Somebody has to say, no, no, we're putting the railings up or we're, you know, you have to wear the harness, even though you're only going to be on the roof for 10 minutes, you know, that kind of thing. That's correct. Uh, I, I, the, the class I just did on last week with that builder, uh, OSHA was on, near, on a nearby job site, and they saw someone doing ridge vent and ridge cap uh, for 15 minutes, and OSHA came over, and the company was cited uh, because the, the person didn't don their, uh, their fall protection. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, and, 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 you know, it is a requirement for every business owner of any business in the country that they're supposed to have a basic safety program in place with training for employees. Right. So we're going to start wrapping this up, Mark, but I had one question. Um, I've been told by a number of remodelers that they actually got in touch with OSHA and invited them to come do an inspection or a review of what they were doing for safety. And it helped in terms of, kind of making it real for the company, but it may have also stemmed, uh, sort of stemmed off some surprise inspections. Is this something you would recommend too, that you actually invite OSHA into your business to see what you're doing and get their, their participation? So the answer is, uh, yes, uh, in theory, I do think it's a great idea. Um, so there's two sides to OSHA. There's the enforcement side, which gets all the press. And then there's the compliance assistance side. So on the OSHA website, if I go to um, employer resources, um, I can go to uh, compliance assistance uh, web pages, and that will give me a lot of tools uh, about inviting OSHA in. When you invite OSHA in, they they usually you know they can't find you uh, for things that that they discover when you've invited them in. But from that point forward you are going to be probably expected to up your game, um, especially when it comes to things like fall protection and, yeah. and head safety and so on. But, okay. but I have several clients that have worked with OSHA. Very, very, uh, um, it's worked out very well, and it, it was a great partnership. A lot of commercial companies do it, and I do recommend residential companies consider it. But it does mean that you're going to have to up your game if your game isn't being played well. All right. So we've been at this about 25 minutes or so. I understand you've got 30 hours of information, but we're going to have to bring it all kind of to a close here. This has been really, really good. And I just want to reemphasize that companies need to think about safety and focus on safety because like myself, and, and honestly, folks, I really did think about the safety of what I was doing. It was not like I was just careless about it and I fell anyway. And so I think the more we put into it, the more emphasis we put into it, the better off our employees are going to be and we're going to be as a company. So I just really uh, thank you, Mark, for being on and maybe we'll revisit this again in six or eight months just to keep keep the conversation going. Yeah, well, thank you for inviting me uh, to have the opportunity to share uh, topics on safety. It's something that's that's really important to me. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Take care, Mark. Thanks so much, Mark. All right, Tim, this was a fantastic episode. Safety is so important. I think it adds to uh, taking a proactive approach with safety for me. It falls into my two favorite words in remodeling, predictability and consistency. Um, Avoiding 
this notion that OSHA's just going to show up in the middle of the job and cause <laughs> chaos. But I think that safety culture within the business, it's consistent, predictability, get ahead of anything that could cause um, either an accident or having OSHA, OSHA citing you on a project. Well, it's interesting. I, I I had the experience when I was a production manager that the company I was with, we had a number of small incidences, you know, stepping on a nail, uh, something in somebody's eye, a lot of different instances. And what we found was we didn't do anything different except talk about it more. And the more we talked about it, our incident rate went way down. Our insurance changed. That's something we didn't mention in this, but your insurance will definitely go up the more accidents you have, workman's comp particularly. And so you have to be thinking about it. But I just want to emphasize the idea that the more we talked about it, the more people were safe uh, on the job site. I just, again, I don't know if I can stress it enough. Be thinking safety from the top down. Uh, really, really important for people. Yeah, so important. So once again, we would like to thank Mark Pascal for joining us today. And we always want to thank you for listening to another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. And remember, at The Tim Fowler Show, we're working hard to eliminate it is what it is from your vocabulary. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.